Hi, good morning. It's a wonderful day today. And then Abel just ruined my uh, line about Liverpool winning. But uh, some people may have hangover still. You'll be in a treat for today because we'll be talking about, is it okay for a Christian to drink beer <laughs> and smoke pot? Interesting. Right. <laughs> but before we go into that... Um, let me just say it's a privilege and a, and, a, and a joy for me to share God's word. Pastor Greg is away with family on holiday. Bless him. He needs a holiday from all of us. But um, he asked me to share on this topic today. And um, we've been going through this uh, series, Is It Okay for a Christian to dot, dot, dot. So we're just raising up some issues or thoughts on some topics that we find that's going on in our society. Um, and as I said earlier, we'll be talking about how it is with alcohol and drugs. Now, I see some people with their pens and paper out. Bless you. Um, they say the pen is sharper than the mind. If you agree with that, you'll probably look for your cell phone, make notes on your phone, or write on your paper with a pen. Because quite easily, as soon as you leave this place, you'll forget about half of what I've said. In 72 hours, you'll forget everything. That's a fact. Scientifically proven. I don't want you to prove that again in your life. I'd like you to take notes if you can. Now, in this series, um, we're touching on life principles in the Bible. Do you believe that the Bible is actually the Word of God? We as Christ followers believe that. And it is the authority of God over our lives, giving us principles for us to live by. In fact, as we go through the Word of God, it gives us instructions in every aspect of our lives. As a Christian growing up, um, Somebody shared to me what the Bible really means. The Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Probably heard this before. It is basic instruction before leaving earth. Right. I don't want to leave earth yet. But I'll follow the basic instructions. Okay. Um, Pastor Greg used this diagram. It's a bit odd, but you've seen it around a few times. And on issues involving our lives, we can ask God, can I do this? And if God says yes, he gives us his permission. And you ask another question, can I do that? And if God says no, he is saying, don't do it. It's prohibited. Not because he's a killjoy God, no. But because he looks after you and wants your best, the best for your life. He looks after your welfare. He says no for a reason, because he wants you to enjoy life as he intended it to be. So don't, don't feel bad if it says no. But concerning some other things, if it's neither a straightforward yes, nor is it a straightforward no, the gray area, so to speak. Not black and white, it's somewhere in the middle. God gives us freedom based on principles that he has laid down in his word. And this is what we're talking about when we go through these things. We want to be more like Christ by following these principles we become followers of Christ, Christians, Christ-like. So when you're struggling with a yes or no's, don't fret, just go back to the Bible. You'll be convinced. But regarding the gray areas, go back to the principles. Christ has laid them down for us to follow. Um, as we go through these principles, um, it is important to note that these issues may not be issues that we deal in our lives personally, I have to admit, I'm a um, non-alcoholic drinker, okay? I don't drink. I never drank. My father raised us saying that I will not allow you to do smoking or drinking unless you can earn a living and support yourself doing that. I never took it on. So I'm a, I'm a self-confessed default non-alcoholic. But um, it may very well be that you know somebody who struggles with these very things. You may be living with them. You may be working with them. You may be spending time with them. You might say, well, it's not for me then. No, it is. Because Christ came to seek and save those who are lost, meaning they don't know where they're going. They don't know where they're heading. And as Christians, we're called to do the same. By knowing these principles that God laid down in his word, God is empowering us to be what Christ did. People who would guide them, 
while they're lost. We are called to serve other people. It's no longer I and them, me and them, us and them. No, we're called to live amongst the people we're trying to reach out with the love of God. So can I ask you a favor? Be open-minded. You may be a Christ follower for a long time, but like me, you may be struggling with some prejudices with regards to these things. Me being an alcoholic, I don't want to have anything to do with people who are into this stuff. Up until the word of God convicted me and said, that's not right attitude. So I encourage you, have an open mind. If it's not for you, think about other people who may benefit with the things that God will tell us through his word. Is that okay? Yeah, half of you. Is that okay? You have no choice. We've locked the doors. I've given instructions to Andy and the team. Keep them in. Right, we will talk about God's word regarding drinking alcohol and using recreational drugs. Um, I'm not here to convince everyone that you should not get involved with these things. But my prayer is that God's word will guide us in wisdom to find out what is the best course of action. God's word encourages us to respond to him. I mentioned about being a default non-alcoholic drinker. John Piper, one of the more recognized or respected preachers of our time, described himself as such. I came from the Philippines, as you could probably figure out from my skin and my accent. Um, and growing up, we uh, had a convenience store in our, in our place. And we sell cigarettes. We sell alcohol. Now, none of these rules, like here in the UK, as soon as the door is open, somebody can ask, can I have a beer, please? Growing up, that's how I get to know people into this stuff. And there's no rules. In the UK, I remember Ellie was um, having this non-uniform day, and we were asked to bring some stuff for them to sell off, to raise funds for the Parent Teachers Association funds. And on that day, you can come in, in, a, in civilian clothes, as long as you bring a bottle of wine for them to sell. And I thought, oh, oh, I forgot to buy it last night. I went to the nearby convenience store, can I buy this? No, it's only 7.30. You're not allowed to buy anything. No alcohol. But back then in our, as we grew up, we sell alcohol as soon as the sun rises and even up to midnight. As long as somebody still, can I have a bottle please? So can you imagine me tidying up after they threw up, after they made a mess outside the convenience store? Not a pleasant sight. That's why I thought I'll never get into alcohol. What a shock when I came to this country. Can you imagine? It's quite common to drink. It's quite social. We, we moan about the fact that um, a lot of Pubs and restaurants are closing down. There's no more place for people to socialize. So they drink in the houses. There's no more time to meet other people. And I realized, I asked myself, how is that possible? Just like you, I would benefit from reading what God's word is saying. What is God saying regarding these things? How do I deal with somebody who is going through the struggles with alcohol and the effects of alcohol in their lives, in the lives of their families? How do I deal with effects of drug use and drug addiction. It's a big topic. It's a good thing we've got doctors in the place because it's something that you may need to discuss with somebody in the medical field. But for now, in the next three hours, looking at the clock, no, just probably half an hour, I'll share with you what God is saying concerning these things. I Googled something. Pastor Greg is saying that Google doesn't answer everything. It does answer quite a lot. Um, in, in a website uh, of Drink Aware, it's a charity, I believe, um, that uh, allows people to understand what alcohol does and its effects on people. They've listed down reasons why people would uh, drink. Let me cite some of them. Number one, I've had a tough day. Tell me about it. I need a drink. I've got no work tomorrow. It's my off day. Let's have a drink. 
some smiles around the place. You know that feeling. It's no longer bank holiday tomorrow, just to let you know. There is work tomorrow. The sun is out, but not today. We go out and have a drink. I'm out with my mates. I like having a drink with my mates. That's fine. Okay. I need to get in the mood to socialize. A drink gives me confidence and able to relate with people more. I'm not sure whether I'm making some connections here. If you're feeling that way, don't worry. That's fine. I've got friends coming over and they're bringing some drinks. We'll enjoy some good fun. Yeah. I've just got paid. Just, just last week. Let's go out, have a drink. Or the best reason, Liverpool won the Champions League for the sixth time. Woohoo! Oh, come on. I'm expecting a more, more celebration than that. Rubbish. Anyway. I don't know what your reasons are. And, and I, I, one of my um, revelations, I suppose, things that I realize, it's not the alcohol that's the issue. Okay? Whew! Off the hook now. Well, if you think about it, the things that we do, we need to find out why am I doing it? Because it's always an issue of the heart. And I'll explain to you, I'll explain that later on. Um, seriously now, it is, it is a, an issue that the NHS is struggling with. Closer to home, families struggle with alcohol. You see people not able to work if they've not had a drink. You see people that cannot think straight if they're not having any alcohol in their system. The chief medical officer of England, NHS UK, mentioned that a few statistics just to put in context. 24% of adults in England and Scotland regularly drink above the low risk guidelines. 25, 24%, it's almost one in four adults above what is recommended. And that 27 of drinkers, probably as much as one in four, above one in four, in Great Britain, binge drink on their heaviest drinking days. If you haven't heard the word, binge drinking is you drink until you cannot drink anymore. Does that paint a picture? One in four do that when they drink the heaviest. Alcohol misuse is the biggest, and this is a, an eye-opener for many, I suppose, is the biggest single risk factor for death, ill health, and disability among people aged 15, yes, you heard me right, 15 to 49. Young people and middle-aged people. And it is a common cause of mouth, throat, stomach, liver, and breast cancers. Also high blood pressure, liver stroke, and depression. Many other, I can list down a lot more medical conditions. 80, in fact, according to the NHS website. So you can get some information from Google. And that's beside the point. Again, I mentioned earlier, it's an issue of the heart. You may want to ask, when is alcohol intake a problem? Again, from the NHS, it says there, two questions you need to ask. Am I drinking too much? A few questions. When you feel you should cut down on your drinking, okay? You may go through these statements and find out, is this, does this apply to me? Again, this is from the NHS website. Does, do other people criticize me for my drinking? Do I feel guilty or bad about my drinking? Do I need a drink first in the morning to steady my nerves or get rid of a hangover? If you say yes to any of those, you may be having problems with your alcohol intake. Another question here, someone you may know may be misusing alcohol if, okay, it may be alcohol problem is not, doesn't apply to you, but if you notice this to people, uh, with people around you, look out for these things. They regularly exceed the lower risk daily limit for alcohol. I don't know what that is. The advice is, as a doctor, I gave my patients advice, do not assume that somebody else's limit, they can drink three liters and not be drunk, applies to you because you have a different set of body parameters and all of that. 
So there's no actual limit for, for such, but there is a guideline for that. Another question, they are sometimes unable to remember what happened the right before because of their drinking. Now, I can relate to that. No, not really. I've never drunk. Somebody who is having a hangover may not realize what he did last night. So that's an issue. They fail to do what is expected of them as a result of their drinking. For example, missing an appointment or work because of being drunk or being hungover. Hopefully I'm making a, a picture clear enough for you. Alcohol can be a problem when you have those things. From a practical point of view, those are the issues. You might say, well, it's my life. It's a free country, isn't it? I can choose whatever I do with it. That's fine. But... Um, I've got um, some young people on this side. They're going through GCSEs probably or A-levels. Some of them may be doing some end-of-year exams. I pity them. Pray for them. May God bless them. Shall we go through some GCSE topics? Newton's law of motion. There you go. The third one says, for every action, there's an equal and opposite Reaction. That's a law of science. And if you're a scientific-minded person, you'll appreciate laws of science apply to everybody. Look at somebody beside you. It applies to you. It applies to you. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. I'd like to change that and emphasize and call it the principle of consequence. You may want to write that down. Using the law of science, I'll extend that and say principle of consequence. The things we say and do will affect us. Will, it's a definite, based on the laws of science, will affect you and people around you, both now and in the future. Can I say that again? If you're taking notes, principle of consequence. The things we say the things we do will affect you and the people around you, both now and in the future. Just think about that. And think about that in the context of whether or not you're drinking alcohol, whether or not you're having problems with alcohol. Don't say, it's only me. Tell that to a teenager who lost his dad because of liver strokes, liver cancer, because of alcohol. Tell that to somebody who does not get out of bed without having a drink and lost his job because he's not able to work, function at all. It is an issue, yes. But does that mean that we should stop drinking alcohol altogether? Let's talk about what the Bible says. God created everything. Do you believe that? As a Christian, as a Christ follower, we believe the word of God. And the word of God says, in one day he created everything. A day to the Lord is a thousand years for man. I don't know whether it took millions of years. It doesn't really matter. The point, of the, the point really is God created everything. So if God created everything, does that include alcohol? Yes. So if God created everything and everything was good, so alcohol is good. Yes and no. This is why principles apply. It's not a clear yes, it's not a clear no. Are you still with me? You're, I haven't lost it yet, no? It's a gray area, so to speak. And this is where wisdom comes in. The word of God gives us wisdom on how to handle these things. The point of the matter there is, God created everything and he made and said it was good for as long as it is used for its intended for purpose. For as long as used for its intended purpose. For example, I had a bank card. I have a bank card. Back in the olden days, doors were easy to pick. You could use a card, slip it on the side, and it opens. You haven't done it before, have you? Okay. I've done it before. And then I realized that doesn't apply to every door. 
There are doors that are more tricky to open with a, with a bank card. What a shock when I realized that was true. I lost a bank card by doing that. If you try to do that in the doors here, you, you'll wreck your bank card. That is not what the bank card was intended to do. That's not its purpose. You need a key to open the door that's locked. With alcohol, God created alcohol, yes. And would you be happy to know he has good reason to create them. Open your Bibles with me to 104. That's just an introduction. We'll get to the meaty part now. Psalm 104. We'll go through a lot of verses now in the next two hours. So again, if you have pen and paper, do take notes. Psalm 104, verses 14 to 15. I pray that God will speak to us and make it clear what his desire is for us. His plans and purposes are true. Verses 14 to 15, he says there, You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate. So it do, it's God who does all of these things. That he may bring forth food from the earth. And what? Wine. So shall we read again? You came, you caused the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to do what? To gladden the heart of man and woman, all to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. God doesn't prohibit, go throughout the Bible, God does not prohibit drinking wine. Woohoo! Let's get the point now. In fact, he advo advocates it to gladden the heart. Scientists have proven that a good moderate amount of alcohol can make you feel happy. And you probably realize and experience that yourself. So a good pint is good, not a problem. It's when, again, as I mentioned, the intended purpose has been corrupted or manipulated, misused. Then the problems come in. Genesis chapter 9, let me go through the things that happen when we misuse this substance. It can be a gift, it can be a blessing, it can be a source of joy, yes. But it can be a source of problems. In Genesis chapter 9 verse 20, we read here an instance, even as early as the time of Noah. Okay? Noah is the one who built that ark and had those two by two animals come in and be saved from the great flood. Okay. This is what happened after the great flood. In chapter 9, verses 20 to 25, you got on screen, you got Bibles on the, on the seats there with you. So if you'd like to go through them with me. Verse 20, Noah began to be a man of the soil. This was after the flood. Okay. Nobody else around apart from his family. Three sons, his wife, three sons and their wives. Okay. Noah began to be a man of the sword, and he planted, wow, a vineyard. You can have unlimited supply of wine. He drank of the wine and became what? Drunk. What happened? And lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. He basically saw it, never did anything, told his brothers. And what did the brothers do? Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, so two of them, a garment, and walked backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Just to appreciate what context of this is, it's a shame if you're seen naked during those days. But what um, Ham did, he, he left it, didn't do anything. He just told his brothers, oh, sort that out. If you follow the next few passages, Noah blessed the two sons that covered his nakedness, his shame, but cursed Ham for doing nothing. Okay, listen to this. Can I grab your attention? If you know somebody struggling with these matters and you do nothing, that's not good. If you're a Christ follower, more so. We're called to help one another, bring each other up, build each other up, encourage one another. 
don't let people you love, people close to you, to continue to live in shame and nakedness. One problem with drunkenness, it gives you shame. It gives you shame for yourself and for your family. What else happens? Hosea chapter 4 verse 11. Are you okay there, Jack? Hosea chapter 4 verse 11. We'll go through these verses very quickly. It says there, start from verse 10 if you could. Okay. They shall eat but not be satisfied. Ah, I feel that time most of the time when I go on a banquet. Can't be satisfied. They shall eat but not be satisfied. They shall play the whore but not multiply. Because they have forsaken the Lord to cherish whoredom or wine and new wine, which take away understanding. This is the crucial part. It takes away your understanding. It takes away your understanding. I mentioned earlier in the NHS website, can you not remember what you did last night when you were drunk? It takes away your understanding. You cannot make a decision when you're drunk. Tell somebody, don't make harsh decisions, especially when you're drunk. Come on, tell somebody. Don't rush in and make those decisions, especially when you're drunk. Okay? I do. Who are you? I was drunk. Another verse in Proverbs 31, verses 4 and 5. Even among leaders, people who make important decisions, it is not for kings, O Limuel. I don't know who Limuel is. I know he's a brother of Brave. Where's Brave? It's not, it's not here, okay. It's not for kings, O Limuel. It is not for kings to drink wine. Kings do drink wine. But, but to put it in context, what they're saying is there, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. It is the responsibility of kings or people in leadership, in people in authority to make decisions on behalf of the people that they're serving. But you cannot do that service well if you are drunk. You might be the father of the household. You might be serving a team at work. You may be a, a leader in school amongst your, what do you call it, your, your uh, year. But if you get drunk, you cannot think wisely for the welfare of your people. It takes away your understanding. Proverbs 20 verse 1. Hopefully you're taking notes. What, uh, what happens again when you're drunk? Proverbs 20 verse 1. Wine is a mocker. Ah, Tottenham lost. Rubbish team. If you do that and you're drunk, you get in a fight. What does it say? Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a brawler. You get in a brawl. You get in a fight. How many people here have experience going out on a Friday night or a Saturday night and you see people getting in a mess, fighting? More often than not, they're drunk. That is the effect of drunkenness. One other verse, Galatians 5, chapter 5, verse 18 to 24. Let me read that. For you, Galatians chapter 5. And this, this, again, as I said earlier, your decisions now will affect you today, in the near future, but also further down the line. Galatians chapter 5. I pray that you're learning from God's word today. Verse 18 to 24. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Praise God. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, um, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. And things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such, law, such things there is no, no law. 
And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. There's a long list there. But if you focus on the word drunkenness, that's where we're trying to lead into. Drunkenness will take away the inheritance of the kingdom of God from your life. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is allowing God's goodness and God's authority to rule over your life. And God being a loving God, a loving father to us, only wants the very best. So if you're under the kingdom of God, the very best comes into your life. If you're drunkenness, you are forfeiting. You are denying yourself that goodness that comes from being under the lordship and authority and guidance and love of God. That's what they say. So we, we see a picture here. God says, it is a gift. It's a source of joy. But if you are the influence of alcohol and you get drunk, that's where the problem lies. All these issues come in. Shame, loss of understanding, loss of control, arguments, violence, and the loss of your inheritance in the kingdom of God. If the first few things are not enough, the last one is crucial. Because this earth will pass away, but the kingdom of God lives forever. The things that we desire in this life will pass away, but the kingdom of God will be for eternity. Do not lose your inheritance in the kingdom of God by indulging and giving into drunkenness. Ronald, you've been talking about alcohol all this time. I thought the topic is, is it okay for a Christian to drink alcohol and smoke pot? Where does the drugs come in? I have to be frank with you. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about marijuana or cocaine or cannabis. But the principles, again, principles, not black and white, a bit gray area. The principles apply. The same principles apply for alcohol and drunkenness apply to drug use. Who here realize that if you're under the influence of drugs, cocaine, cannabis, whatever, you don't have a clear idea what's going on. You lose control. You lose your understanding just the same way as alcohol does. I, I trained as a doctor back home in the Philippines. We used to do 34-hour shifts. Come on, come on, feel sorry for me. Oh, there you go. 34-hour shifts. I come in at 7 in the morning, have to do a shift up until 5 p.m. the next day. If my maths are right, 34 hours roughly. And I come back the next day to do an eight-hour shift and do the cycle again. You do two cycles at least in one week. So quite easily, 80 hours a week. Unfortunately, the Philippines is not part of Europe. <laughs> European working time directives do not apply. Some of my colleagues, because they have to work 80 hours like me, resort to drugs just to give them a boost, give them a bit high, carry on with the work. They're fine, I suppose. They're doctors. They know what they're doing, I think, I hope. They haven't killed anybody as far as I know. But the point of the matter is, is that good? Is that right? If you lose control over your faculties, is that a good thing? Now, nobody, listen to me clearly now. This is a touchy topic. Nobody uses drugs just to say it goes well with the fish, just like alcohol does. Is it white wine that goes along with the fish or red wine? I don't know. White wine. Somebody says white wine. So somebody's fine dining experience. Fish, white wine. I think beef or something like that. Steak, red wine. There you go. You learn a new thing every day. So no, you may drink alcohol to go with your fish or your, your steak. But you don't smoke pot just to go along with the fish, do you? You get a high... By smoking pot. That's the whole intention of it. So, if you ask me for my opinion based on what the Bible says, is it okay for a Christian to drink alcohol? Yes and no. Depends on context. Are you drunk? Then no. If not, you're drinking it to be glad in your heart, enjoy each other's company. Yes, it's okay. But when it comes to pot, smoking marijuana or getting a high from drugs, I would say no. Because you lose everything. 
give you an idea, drugs is such a big problem even in this country. That um, there is an ever-increasing number, and this is UK statistics, of people dying from drug addiction year on year. It won't be long till it over, overtakes alcohol, I think. I, I, I used to think that drug addiction is just a problem in America. But I, I, live in, um, I lived in, in the Philippines um, all my life till I came here, obviously. Um, I see the poverty in itself can cause people to resort to alcohol and drug use. And they, they often come together. Why do they do that? Four reasons. They say, I just want to have an experience of being high. I want to have an experience of what it is like to, to be in a different world. Enjoy my time and forget my reality. So it's a form of escape. But also to feel accepted. My friends are doing this, so I have to do it myself. To, to be part of the gang. Young people, you may be feeling through your years this kind of pressure. Be wise. You can say no to these things because God gives you a far better choice. Or maybe that I choose to do it my way. And if I choose to drink alcohol, and if I choose to smoke pot, that's my choice. That may be the case. But I tell you, God created you and me for a purpose. And it is not God's intention for you to be corrupted by these things. Because you will lose sight of what God intended you to have. We have a God who loves us unconditionally. And he is willing and he is able to do things far above what we expect. Far above what we asked for. He only desires the very best for you. He only desires the very best for your family. He only desires the very best for your community. What we need to do is to ask God, Lord God, guide me to know your purposes, your wills in your way, so that I may live out the very things you intended for me to have. It's not a question whether it's okay to drink alcohol or to smoke pot. It is a question of, are we living the life that God intended for us? That is the question I'd like to pose to each and every one of you. Can I just say that life is far better if we live it out in accordance with His will? That's why we go to the Word of God. That's why we ask God, Lord God, is this what you want me to do? If it's a yes, you give me your permission, let's have a go. If it's a no, you're prohibiting from doing it, I'll move away from that. But concerning things that may not be as clear cut, guide me, oh God, with wisdom to know how to move about and do things in accordance to your will. Some might argue, well, is it not good for medicine? There is an issue quite recently, a boy suffering from um, retractable or what we call uncontrolled epilepsy needing cannabis oil. You might be hearing that much more often now so that his epilepsy can be controlled. And after much deliberation, politicians said, okay, you can have it. Apparently, there are only two situations when you're allowed to use cannabis oil. It's prohibited. It's not licensed, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. It's not licensed for distribution or prescription. Only two reasons. One, uncontrolled epilepsy. Another one is for uncontrolled vomiting because of chemotherapy treatment. Those are the only reasons why I can have cannabis. Cannabis is the active ingredient in uh, marijuana and, and stuff, cannabis oil, okay? Apart from that, we shouldn't be delving into this. The Bible teaches us, teaches us that we should submit to the ways, to the laws of the land as well. So when you're, when you're asked, should we do this, should we do that? You could ask the law of the land, but ultimately the law of God says what we need to do. I've rambled on a lot. Let me just drive home the point. 
Alcohol is okay. Unless you're drunk. If it leads to drunkenness, better that you're off it. And if you need help with that, speak to your doctor. And it's just have help for that. I believe it's not just the physical problem. It's a spiritual problem. It's an issue of the heart. When it comes to smoking pot, stay away from them. The effects of it will be far worse. Going back to GCSE revisions. And I'll close with this one. Newton's first law of motion. I like Newton. Newton's first law of motion states that if a body is at rest or moving at a constant speed in a straight line. You've lost me now, Ronald. Okay. <laughs> Something that's at rest or is it moving constant speed in a straight line. It will remain at rest or moving until... It is acted upon by a force. It may be that the alcohol and the drugs is making you feel. At rest? I don't know. Can't do anything. Or it may be that you do stuff, you punch everybody, you punch Joshua and lost. Poor guy. Lost all four titles. Is it four? Oh gosh. To this fat guy. Rubbish. You might be doing things you regret. Unless something happens. Unless something happens. That rest or inactivity will remain as such. You cannot do anything. Or you might be doing things out of control. You, you cannot control your, what you're saying, what you're doing. Wrecking your life and wrecking the lives of people around you. Unless an outside force comes in. Can I propose the force of God's love. The force of God's grace. The force of God's peace. The force of God's kingdom can move into your life. Take away all of that. I've known people who have problems with alcohol and drugs. They've set free because of the force of God's love in their lives. And they're being used by God to do the same for other people. Pray for those people because they're living testimonies of what God can do in the life of somebody surrendered in God's kingdom. It may be, as I said, you don't have that problem yourself. It may be that you have people that you know, people you hold dear, that struggle with these very things. I tell you, the force of God's love, the force of God's grace can touch their lives and set them free to live out God's intention for them. God's plans are higher than our best One other thing I'd like to remind people. We talk about these things not to judge people, especially those who have yet to know God. We cannot expect them to behave like Christ did unless they know Christ. Is that fair? You cannot expect people to behave like Christ if, unless they have Christ. So let's not judge them. But if you know, and if this is possible... Don't, 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 don't try to, to, to stop me from saying this. It is possible that there are people who belong in the family of God who struggle with this very thing still. But God can touch their lives as well. Nobody here is perfect. And there are no small or big sins. Drunkenness is a sin. The same as white lying is sin. Adultery, idolatry is a sin as well as adultery is a sin. Smoking pot is a sin as well as denying all the Ten Commandments. There are no smaller big sin. It is spelled S-I-N, each and every one of them. But if you have people within the family of God who struggle with these very things, I encourage you, 
Speak to them. Let the word of God from today give them hope. And put in their heart the desire to experience the force of God's love. The force of God's love. The force of God's grace. So as I close, I'd like you to close your eyes. A lot more things I'd like to say, but time has been flying and we've got communion to celebrate. What I'd like you to do is to go through the things we've talked about. Ask yourself, am I struggling with drunkenness? Am I struggling with drugs? Maybe that nobody else here knows about it. But there is hope. There is hope for you. There's hope for the people that are around you. If you come to Christ, he can set you free. Or it may be that you know somebody who goes through the same problems. It may not be you. People at work, people at home, people at school, people that you get in contact with. If you know them by name, that's great. And there's an importance for that as we go, go through this time. But let's talk about you. If you're struggling with drunkenness or drug use, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or something. But let me just encourage you. Speak to God. He can hear you just where you are. No fancy stuff. Just say words like this. I'm going to say, Lord God, I know. If you're in that situation, just, just say the same things I'm saying now. Lord, I know drunkenness or the use of drugs is not right. It causes problems for my life and the lives of people around me. But Lord God, I come to you now knowing that you can sort these things out. Do so even right now. Take away this desire in my heart for drunkenness. Take away this desire for drugs out of my system. And replace it with the desire for more of you. For more of your life in my life. Now with eyes closed, I'd like you to just thank God for what he'll do. If you pray that prayer, just, just begin to thank God. Say, thank you, Lord, for take away, taking away the desire for drunkenness. Take away, away, taking away the desire for the use of drugs. Just in your own words, just say thank you. As we go on to the next part, if you know somebody within the family, people at work, people that you know about, people that you engage with quite regularly that struggle with these things. If you know them by name better, say those prayers for that person and ask God, Lord God, let them realize there is hope for a life that is changed. Because of your love and your grace, they can be set free from drunkenness. They can be set free from drug use. In your own words, or using those words, just pray those words. If you prayed any of those prayers, I would appreciate if you can come to me or people at the start lounge just to share what you've just prayed for. You don't have to do it straight away, but hopefully before you go, just approach me or people at the start lounge just to tell them that you prayed that prayer. Let me encourage you to stand up with me. I encourage the band to come back up as we prepare for communion. This is the last in our series of is it okay to do dot, dot, dot. And if you have further questions about these topics, I would encourage you to send a text message to your EMP prayer line. Ask that question. Or if you want, write it down on the paper, put it on the pulpit here. We'll keep them. And two weeks from now, not this coming Sunday, the Sunday after, we'll have a panel of people here that will hopefully go through the questions and talk them through. If you, 
if, if you could do that, that would be great. I, I feel that there's so much more that we need to talk about, about these matters. There's, one, there's no one way. There's no quick fix, okay? Let me encourage you. If, you. if you feel that you have that problem and you feel nothing has happened really, there's no quick fix. But God can do things miraculously, yes. But I believe it's more an issue of the heart. So if you're part of a transformed community, talk this through in your transformed community. Talk through the questions you may have. If you're not part of a transformed community, approach me and we'll talk through and, and encourage you to be part of one. But I feel that there are things that still need addressing. But for lack of time, we'll, we'll, we'll have to try to conclude. Let me pray. Lord God, I pray for your people. I pray that through your word, we have some insight on what you intended for us when it comes to living a life that is consistent with your plans for, for each and every one. I pray, Lord God, that we will continue with these conversations in light of your word. Holy Spirit, guide us with wisdom and discernment concerning these things. And let your truth guide us towards the decisions and the actions we need to take. Because we rely only on you. Only you can set things right for us. On our own, we can do nothing. I pray, Lord God, let your liberty, let your freedom flow. For those who are bound, Lord God, by these things, set them free. For those who are anxious about these matters, let your peace reign. For those who need a fresh touch of comfort and healing over lives that have been touched, uh, destroyed or, or, or uh, influenced by these substances, I pray, Lord God, let your healing flow. For each and every one of us, Lord God, may we recognize that it is an issue of the heart and that by laying our hearts out before you, you can change us for the better. That is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray.